Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my wickedly attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how are you, buddy? Oh, we're doing great. It was a fantastic weekend. Sure was. Uh, Wild got a nice clean sweep on the road over a couple playoff teams out east. The daunting east. The Wild have uh, completely skull-fucked the Metropolitan Division this year. Oh, and the East. Uh, we're the twenty-one east and well. five. Yeah. So I mean twenty-one and five is actually dominance over the East. And I am so sick and tired of hearing there's a lot of Stanley Cup favorites in the East or whatever, contenders. It's like, okay, or they just beat up on like the bottom seven teams in the league. What well, what about last year in the central? Everyone's saying all oh, the, the wild were only good because they got to beat up on the Sharks, Kings, and Coyotes, which yeah. may be true, but come on, it goes both ways, guys. <laughs> Yeah, the no, East, I mean the East bottom seven teams are awful. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And and um, you know, the Metropolitan thing I think is hilarious because the Wild fit so with their, their win over the Capitals on uh Sunday, the Wild finished without a single loss in regulation against the Metropolitan Division. Um so courtesy to our good pal Brett Marshall for uh pulling up these these numbers here. Um the the Wild went 14 0 and 2 against the Metropolitan and outscored the division by 60 to 33 goals. So, like, they literally almost doubled their uh, goal differential. It's unbelievable. I'd probably say the Atlantic is a little stronger than the Metropolitan, but either way, that's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. That's really good. Actually, on the point of the Metropolitan, um, the New York Islanders, who many thought were dead, completely dead to rights, kind of crept their way back into like, we might have to pay attention a little bit to that because the Capitals, who the Wild played last night, do not look very good right now. I mean, uh, they, they look lost. people back, but they, I don't know, they just look lost out there. And New York has gone on a tear. And they're 11 points out with two games left against the Capitals. And if I look at the standings, I'm almost positive they got games in hand too. They have so, uh, one game in hand and then two ga- two games head to head, so they could potentially make up six points on the Capitals. Six points right there, and that's five that you got. And, and then they're they're only down they're down eleven points right now as as we're recording this. Um, so I mean, you maybe don't want to let sneak them in the East because they've just like for some reason when they make the playoffs, doesn't matter what seed they are in the past couple of years, they just make runs to like the conference finals. So yeah, they'll they'll cause hell no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, well, actually, they got Zach Parisi over there now, so maybe not. They'll cause some hell, that's for sure. I definitely, they're not a team that uh, that I want to face anytime in the playoffs. In the least. playoffs, really ever. I uh, just thought I'd bring that up because I thought it was interesting looking at the standings yesterday. Yeah, and I that's, thought, that's like, all those so, teams were dead, <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, they're still dead, but like, there's a pulse. There's right. The- yeah, exactly. Um, so that actually is going to kind of tie into my stick taps. Um, okay. So my stick tap of the week is actually a random Islanders fan who tossed his hand on the ice uh, after the Islanders game against the Devils. And it just lands perfectly. If you haven't seen the video, it is incredible. He just like flings his hat like a Frisbee and it lands exactly on the blade of John Gabriel Pajot's stick. Mm-hmm. JGP is like completely unfazed. And like yeah, the guy, <laughs> the the player too, or the not the player, the fan 
like he throws it and then he just looks away like yeah whatever the fadeaway literally it's kind of like like a fadeaway game winner he turned or like a steph curry three i should say shoot it yeah like it's going in it's super cool and like you know it's so yeah i mean jgp gets a hat trick and then somehow that's not the coolest thing that happens regarding that hat trick is just him just filthy casually catching this hat out of the crowd yeah Super cool. So stick taps to you, JGP, and stick taps to the Islanders, who all of a sudden are not completely dead in the water. I got a slight pulse. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's your stick tap, buddy? My stick taps is for a team that many have been clowning for years now, but the Buffalo Sabres packed the house for legendary play-by-play announcer Rick Generette. 50 seasons, Dev. This man has called games for the Buffalo Sabres. Seen some good teams. We've seen some very shitty teams. Yeah. But, I mean, here, here's the thing. He's contemplated retirement every single season since 04 and 05, but the great game just kept pulling him back in. This guy's an absolute beauty. Um, it was just super cool to see that house rocked, packing again, you know, packed and rocking, whatever. That was cool, yeah. It. I mean, it was really cool. I think hockey is better when the Sabres are competitive because yeah. – they did have some really good teams early 2000s, even into the 2010s. I'm pretty sure they had a couple of good teams. But, yeah, that, that's my stick tap. I mean, that was awesome to see. And anyone who does something for 50 seasons at one spot, yeah, that deserves some stick tap. So, yeah, in, in his uh, – Rick Generette and the Buffalo Sabres. That was super cool. In his uh, video tribute, you know, he says, this is the only job I ever wanted to do, and this is the only place I ever wanted to do it. And that just makes it really cool and special that he gets to go out on his own terms. You know, we, we talk about this exactly. athletes all the time and you so very, very rarely get to kind of call your own shot. So it's cool that this gets to, gets to happen for him. Love that. Awesome. Let's move on to cup clinks and Zooch. Why don't you go first this time? What, uh, what's, your, um, what's your, what's your, what are you, what are you drinking to this week? What's your cup clink? <laughs> My cup clink is actually a drink. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about this. And I really don't even know why it's my cup clink, but I just thought it was awesome. This did make me laugh. Dunkin' Donuts is getting a cake batter latte. Um, for you coffee drinkers, which I am one, I, it sounds fantastic. I love cake batter. I love cake batter ice cream. I love anything that's got to do with cake batter. Uh, who doesn't like to enjoy a dessert for breakfast? So I guess it just, you know, you throw it all into one. And the third point is you get to... To absolutely piss off our next week's guest, 10K's very own Wolves blogger, Mr. Lanceman. And yeah, he's uh, back on the show next week. Yeah, he's of, back on the show next week. Uh, ahead of the Wolves playoff appearances. Well, playoff, let's, yeah, I think they could probably catch the Jazz, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is going to be a Dunkin very interesting Donuts. week for that. So, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts and a cake batter latte. I think I'm going to stop and get one. So, Cheers to you, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> also, <laughs> I have, like, dyslexia because uh, when I first saw you put this in the show notes, I I thought it said they're getting a better cake latte. Like, they already had a cake latte, <laughs> but they're, like, improving it. And I was kind of like, okay, good for them, I guess. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> no, they're actually just debuting it. So there you go. There we go. Uh, my, uh, cup clink this week, also food related, um, kind of <laughs> Adidas, a buddy of mine sent me, sends me this link this morning that, and he says, uh, you know, I, I, I'm afraid that I'm actually going to spend real hard earned American dollars on this. And I said, oh boy. 
and I click on the link and it was a pair of shoes from Adidas that are themed after Waffle House. So the uh, the shoes themselves are like a like a white cream color. And then the the bottom of them has like it looks kind of like syrup and uh, and like the butter that you put on top of a waffle. And the whole shoe has like that like waffle like texture to it. Uh, the sole of it has the Waffle House logo on the inside of it. So you're just literally always walking on on a Waffle House logo. It is brilliant. Honestly, it's so stupid, but so great. Um, the only problem is that they're 210 fucking dollars. So like that sucks, but, uh, they go on sale April 7th. So if you have $210 plus shipping burning a hole in your pocket and you love waffles and you are a Adidas supporter, I got some real good news for you. (laughs) Well, that actually sounds unreal. I, I think I might have to cop a pair of those. It's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. I almost wish that I was a sneakerhead so that I could justify dropping spending 210 on that. 210 yeah. on that. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I buy like one pair of shoes a year and then I just wear those shoes and that's it for the year. And then when they wear down, I buy the next pair and just keep the cycle rolling. I'm you not know, a shoe guy. Yeah. I'm honestly, I used to be a shoe guy, but now I think, I don't think I've bought a pair of shoes. I just get them for, uh, you know, birthdays and stuff. And- yeah. Yeah. Give me a pair of shoes. Um, no, but uh, I was watching Superstore. I don't know if you know what show that is. Oh, yeah. It's a great show. Co- the Office, but Costco. Right. Yeah, it, essentially. Yeah. And they actually do push the envelope sometimes with some of their jokes. So if you're looking for something not, you know, similar to The Office, but not quite. Yeah. Um, but no, one of the <laughs> one of the characters made a great point. They had like a little baby next to her and she was talking to it. She was like, oh, the only advice I got for you? Is when you buy a pair of shoes and you like them very much, buy a second pair. <laughs> that is good advice. And I was like, that is fantastic advice because I don't have to get shoes for two years. No, that that is really, honestly, it's very good advice. Um, yeah. Plus then too, you can also just like wear them down evenly too. You know, yeah. They'll, they'll last longer anyway. Exactly. Um, speaking of lasting longer, the wild. Ooh, choo, choo. <laughs> The wild. We were all worried that they maybe had, you know, blown their load a little bit earlier in the season and they were starting to fall apart, but they have hit their second wind and this this wind is not going away anytime soon. They had a fantastic week last week and they against good uh, teams too. Against, well, yeah, against teams in the into the weekend, I would say were good teams. Yeah, I think so. And um yeah, no, it was great. Uh they they went three three oh and one uh since the last time that we spoke. And it was, I mean, it was really good hockey all around. The team, team looked good. Team looked confident. Um, Flurry's looked very good. Flurry looks incredible. Who's surprised though? I mean, we kind of expected it. We did, but even still, like he, 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 uh, against the Hurricanes, Flurry pitches a 37, 38 save shutout. You know, when you're almost shut out, but yeah, almost shut out. Kind of a shitty goal too. So I mean, yeah, it's a tough one to to have it uh, end on. He did. He did almost exactly mimic the save he made to clinch Pittsburgh's Stanley Cup. Back That's day. true. Yeah, nine. Um, the shoulder save, vintage, yeah. vintage kick pad saves that we saw in the playoffs last year, and of course had to flash that leather because that's what Flurry does. And how weird is it watching Mark Andre Fle- Mark Andre Flurry play 
in a wild jersey. It's just crazy. Honestly, yeah, it's surreal. Keep on the pad, the green tape. It's so yeah. <laughs> in the I... white on the helmet. He just he's like, you know what? Yeah, that's good. We're good here. If uh if you had told me earlier this year that there would be a chance that I would be able to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, two hours from my home and watch Marc-Andre Fleury play for the Minnesota Wild. I don't think that there's anything that I would have done instead. Um, But I didn't know that that was going to be a possibility. So instead I uh, purchased tickets to go see John Mulaney do his uh, rehab recovery tour stand-up special, which was incredibly funny. Uh, but well, happened. that was the second second best show in town that night, right behind the wild. <laughs> if there's any more important games going on in the state of North Carolina that night? Were there? I don't. Think yeah, so. no, yeah, and then and then yeah, I get out of that and I just happen to walk into a bar where they're watching a little little tiny basketball game, little tiny uh, basketball <laughs> with uh, two teams. Maybe you've heard of them, Duke and the University of North Carolina. It turns out one of the coaches was going to retire. It was his last game ever because um, he lost like a loser. So. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of cool though, because uh, he was fifty and forty nine in his yeah. North Carolina. It's kind of like that Thanos meme. It's like <laughs> perfectly you know, balanced, perfectly balanced how all things should be. What a honestly, man, yeah, that's awesome, man. No, it was super cool, and so like I got to be in in Charlotte is a pretty uh, people call it Little Chapel Hill, uh, which is weird okay. because it's way bigger than Chapel Hill, but whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, um, so I was, I happened, I didn't plan on this, but I just happened to be wearing like a Carolina blue polo to the John Mulaney show. And then when we leave, everybody's like dapping me up and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Cause they took away, <laughs> they took away your phone when you go into the show. So I, I missed the first like period and a half of the, of the wild game. And I missed okay. the first like 10 minutes of the Duke UNC game. And I go to a bar afterwards to, you know, catch up and watch and and get, you know, get uh, up to speed on everything. And everybody's like dapping me up on the way, like, go Tar Heels. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) I have I have friends that went to Duke. I have friends that went to UNC. I am pretty neutral in the relationship. But like you said, I really like the idea of uh, 50 and 50 for Coach K against UNC. So I I definitely started leaning towards uh, North Carolina. And then, hey, future future uh, future backup center for the Timberwolves plays for North Carolina. <laughs> uh, but I, I I don't want to say his name because I'll say it completely wrong. I'll tell you what: you want a rebounder, and the Wolves are rebounding down low, man. Woo! That is a yeah. big man. that is a big big man. <laughs> um, and then you know the next day uh, we get to head up to DC, and because I had missed the Wild being the closest that they are to me all year. I was seriously considering and I was I was about if I had woken up on Sunday morning, if I had woken up about half an hour earlier, I think I actually would have driven up to DC to watch this team play. Because it's about a seven hour drive. Um, but uh, if I had woken up, I think I would have been able to get there. Uh, like when I, I woke up and I had to like take care of some things. And when I finished, getting all of like chores and errands done. I looked at the time and I realized that if I drove, if I left right then and there, I would get there at puck drop. And yeah, you know, sometimes you can't, you can't uh, dilly dally around there. Deb. You just got to go. Gotta... Yeah. Um, so I missed out on the chance to see that 
that happen. But as, as you pointed out last week, um, I can't really complain too much because I got to see one of the funniest stand-up shows I've ever seen in my life. I still got to watch the game because the uh, wonderful beauty of ESPN allowed me to just go back and rewatch the game in its entirety and what a game it was. And on top of that, you know, it's great to see that the wild all of a sudden remembered that they're a really, really good hockey team. And it was great to see Kaprizov break the record uh, for points. He, I I think we can officially say Kirill Kaprizov is the best player the wild have ever had in their season in, in the history of this franchise. Just, I would agree. And he's it's, 24. Just it's definitely the best season that he's, it's definitely the best season that a player has ever had, but he's four goals away or three goals away. As we're recording this, he's three goals away from tying the goal record. He already has the point record. And as you pointed out, he's a 24 year old player in his second year. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I, I just want to let the fans know who might not have caught this. It's a bit uh, radio episode. My wild take when me and Dev popped on there was uh, Kirill Kaprizov was going to break the all-time goal record this season for the wild. So I feel pretty confident that's going to end up happening. Yeah, you got 15 games to go. And, yeah. And he's got to get four. It seems like he's been scoring like goal, goal a game for the past yeah. game. So I think we're good. Yeah. And on top of that, too, uh, he's not the only guy that's going to break a record this year. Matt Zuccarello, pretty damn close to breaking the uh, assist record currently held by Pierre-Marc Bouchard. Zuc's got to watch out, though. Caprizov's on his heels for that as well. So <laughs> he might just go ahead and do the, the double break. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Caprizov's got like 46 assists. He's right behind him. I truly believe Kirill Caprizov just deserves to be inside the top five of our trophy votes this year. Yeah, honestly. In, in my my reasoning for this people might fucking call me out but whatever matthews great player got marner and nylander and you know Tavares. a lot of these players you know a lot of really solid players um so does so does kaprizov obviously but he doesn't have another superstar on his team he doesn't have a dry side like mcdavid has and i mean mckinnon is one of the ones you could probably argue is doesn't have a lot of superstars around him but Kale McCarr, I think, would beg to differ. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right, actually. I guess if your argument is is if your argument is that McCarr is not a forward. Well, yeah, it definitely wasn't. I just forgot about Kale McCarr, which I (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll admit it. I mean, yeah, whoops. But that's what I mean, though. I mean, he's kind of like, can you say Fiala is a superstar? He's not. He's very. He's close though. He's he's a he's he's not there yet, but he will be. I think he will be. He's got to work on turnovers, man. Those turnovers yesterday against the Caps. Yeah, were, some of them were very brutal. Very very brutal. Like yeah, when you beat a team, yellow. when you beat the brakes off a team and it's five one, you score yeah. two goals in the first like minute and a half or something like that on your first yeah, two I could shots. See it. it it feels really shitty to like nitpick and complain about turnovers, but. Hey, against good teams in the playoffs, that stuff is going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. You can't be you can't be passing the puck to the opposing team's defenseman on the tape when you're trying to break it out of the zone. Like that can't be happening. Right. Yeah, that's that's uh not one that you want. And the wild goaltending is, I mean, it's been so good lately that nobody's really noticed anything anything negative about the wild. But hey, there are some things that you know you can nitpick on yeah. right now. So. It, it it is all good right now, but let's re- all just remember it's 
there's still some things that the Wild need to improve on before heading into a playoff run because in the yeah. playoffs, you definitely got to tighten it up. I mean, you definitely I, – I wouldn't say this is a thing that the Wild need to improve on. No. But, but – I mean, if Fiala wants to be a superstar. The man. Wild are in a position to add some depth before – and then we'll be able to use it for any for really the playoffs because uh, it's after the trade deadline, so any additions are no longer playoff eligible. But the Wild – their depth has been a strength all year. We've known this, and uh, – even if Anson Carter's known. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait. No. Sorry. Um, he actually hasn't known this, but the, the wild have had the wild have six different 20 goal scorers on the roster this year. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, that entire line. And then two thirds of the grief squad line also have, have the, uh, have 20 goals and Greenway's close. Like it's, it's within the realm of possibility that we have two full lines get 20 goals and then also obviously Kevin Fiala. <laughs> well, um, I don't think Greenway is actually close there, Dev, but he's at 12, I think. Is he? I thought Boldy was at 12. I, th- I think Greenway's under 10 for sure this year. Uh, hang on. He only has like 22 points. I, I was surprised when I saw that because I was I looking... remember his point total is lower than you would think, but um... which is surprising to me, but yeah. I also feel like he didn't catch his game until a couple weeks in a couple months in actually. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't playing too great at the beginning. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. He's got eight. Yeah, so he's got to go on an absolute tear. Yeah, okay. but I get, I, I catch your drift. Boldy though, hey, Boldy, he can Boldy's a- definitely in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, he, if he, he gets, if he gets back he to, up. if he gets back to that ridiculous scoring pace that he was at when he first started, mm-hmm. which, like you know, we said then and still say now, probably pretty unsustainable. But in your you know, first rookie season. Like, doesn't make it less fun. Unfortunately, he sure. is uh, he is hurt, so it's gonna be he's skating you know, on Tuesday. So or today, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, he's he should be okay. Uh, it sounds like he only is gonna miss just the one game against the Capitals, but um, still. Well, anyway, I think he missed that. Well, is he gonna join him on the road trip though? Because I'm pretty sure he stayed back from the road trip. I don't actually know if he's gonna join him in Nashville. So I know Merrill didn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, that, and that's why we picked up another defenseman. Right. Um, you know, but I say all that can happen with injuries. Yeah. I say all that to say that like with same thing with injuries, you know, if the wild, the wild are in on the Ben Myers sweepstakes, uh, Ben Myers, a player that you Zuch have uh, really turned me onto. And it's a all yeah. but a all but a guarantee that he's going to sign here with the Wild. I think it's between the Wild and one other mystery team, but like, right? We all know what that means. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Grew up in Minnesota, he's a Delano kid. He played at the X for the state tournament. He led Delano. He's to, a Gopher. He, he's a Gopher now. Yep, he stayed home. But I mean, he led Delano. That was a program that was struggling for many years, and Delano hasn't missed a state tournament up until this season since he left. So. Yeah. I, he kind of changed the face of that because when he went to the Gophers, I mean, they're a game away from the Frozen Four last year. They're in the Frozen Four this year. Um, the guy just – he gets it done. He's a great goal scorer. He's a big dude. He's physically knows where to go on the ice. I, I mean, I'm all for having the, a fourth or third line center at Ben Myers next year, and I think they can get him at, a, obviously, a good price. So Yeah, his ELC is going to be like seven hundred and fifty grand. There you go. There you go. So – 
I, I really, 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 really love the idea of Ben Myers centering, you know, a Duhame and a maybe a Delorier if they decide to bring him back, which is probably not going to happen. But I don't know, Billy G. And also, you never know. Never know. Uh, but, you know, Ben Myers, of course, still playing his uh, college season, college career is still yeah, Mankato, Minnesota Thursday. And it's going to be super exciting. So that's why we are bringing on the 10K college hockey guys, the has-beens, after this quick break to talk a little college hockey. Hey guys, Dev here. We had a little bit of a scheduling mix-up with the time to record with the has-beens. So we will not be talking about with that. We will not be talking with them this week, but we'll definitely talk with them soon in the near future. In the meantime, definitely go check out their podcast. And instead of just cutting right to the end, uh, Zuch and I happen to be recording midway through that ridiculous Predators game. So we're just going to include a random splice of our thoughts on that. Quick, easy, dirty, fun. If you hate it, just fast forward like 45 seconds and get to the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. I'm sorry, I just got sidetracked. So Zuckerl absolutely sucker punched the back of somebody's head there. What in the world was that? <laughs> oh my god, just look over a split second see him sucker punch the back of some dude's head, but okay. Yeah. The back right now. We could edit that out if you don't want that in there. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, we're we're yeah. He just sucker punched some dude in the back of the head. And this game is on crack. So what in the world's going on tonight? Absolute, absolute pandemonium. This game's gonna go till eleven PM. My God! Yeah, absolute madness. Uh, you see it too, Duhame. Oh my God! God damn it, Duhame! How many fights is that? The fourth? I think so. That's at least the third. Did he just beat the brakes off that guy? Because he looked like he was fired up. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Of course, we're fucking recording this, and the, the most interesting—not like the best we've played all year—but this is probably the most interesting game we've had all year. Oh my good fucking god, dude! These guys are dude. They're just skating around the fucking zone right now. They're just uh, look like they were gonna fight again. There might be six fights in this game. This got to be a record. It's ridiculous, truly Jesus ridiculous. Fucking Christ, man! All right, that sucks. Got completely sidetracked. I looked over and they scored another fucking power play goal. Yeah, that was bad. God fucking damn it, dude! I'm sorry. The fuck is Philip Tomasino? Yeah, what that's... the fuck? What's going on here? How does this weird shit keep happening? Uh, you just knocked the net off the. Yeah, Hartman just goes flying into the net. Yeah, we should I think finish. it was Hartman. It might have been Zuccarello. We should finish this up. I'm trying to watch this, dude. This is yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. This game is off the rocker right now. What in the world? This, this game is drunk. Zuccarello as is sucker punching people in the back of the head. Hartman is running over nets and pushing Zuccarello with the net. They both fall down over the net. Duhame's gotten in like two fights. Uh, Delorier had messed up some dude's face, but also got <laughs> hit in the face again. Delorier looks like a warrior right now. Middleton, who is a year older than me, but looks like he could be my father, uh, <laughs> is getting in fights. Like, Jesus. This game is bonkers, man. This game is absolutely bonkers. I'm just, I'm, I'm so at a loss. I still have our number so bad, though, this season. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That that part really sucks. And a big thanks to the has for coming on. Go make sure that you guys listen to their podcast as well. They've got elite 
college hockey takes and also some of the best stories that you'll hear on either side of the Mississippi. It's uh, truly, truly elite. Another thing that's elite, the grief squad. Holy shit. We've talked about it all year, but the grief squad is putting up numbers that are just like ridiculously unbelievable. Like it's the kind of they're, they're putting up the kind of numbers that are, I mean, they're video game numbers. Honestly, they're the kind of things where like the fancy, the fancy stats are also agreeing with the eye test that these guys are absolutely dominating through the season. So far, more than 80% of the goals that are scored when they're on the ice are wild goals. That's, unbelievable yeah they're an elite shutdown line and i mean and they're capable of scoring we got two 20 goal scorers on the on the uh on the line too i believe it was two years ago those guys got together on a line don't don't quote me on that but i believe it was two years ago and this grief squad originally started and you could tell then like okay this line's got some size this line's got some defensive you know prowess to be very good but the you just weren't seeing the offensive side of them you know, I mean, Felino wasn't really an offensive player. Greener was a young guy, and so right. was still stepping into his shoes. But now they're all, you know, I would say they're all veterans in the NHL at this point. They've been in the league for about three, four years now. Yeah. And they're coming into their own on their line. And Felino's already been into his own. He's been an elite defensive player practically since we've got him. But now he's got two others around him. And all the while, do is score goals when they're on the ice and shut down top lines. So. It's truly, truly solid third line to have. I going into the playoffs when you need a line like that. Exactly. They're a picture perfect playoff line. I'm going to give you guys an idea of just how dominant the grief squad has been. So I found this stat uh, via a guy named Thomas Williams on Twitter. Since 2009, there have only been two forward lines that have a minimum of 300 minutes together on ice to score more than 80% of the goals while they're on the ice at five on five, the grief squad and the Bruins, Marshan Bergeron, Tyler Sagan line from the 2012, 13 season, which is, and that was an elite line generally considered one of the best lines in modern, in like the modern era. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. That line was impressive. End of list. The science fans held in front of the, the boards for Tyler Sagan back then. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sign is legendary. <laughs> the groupies in the front row, like, "Hey, Tyler, what's going I on?" I don't even, I don't even care if it's fake, man. That's yeah, so who cares? Funny. That's absolutely hilarious. If, <laughs> if you don't remember the sign, uh, there's a picture from, <laughs> yeah, probably almost ten that years season. Ago. Yeah, it had to been from that season a little now. earlier. Yeah, ago. nine years ago now. Somewhere uh, on there. Of uh, Tyler Sagan skating by a couple of gals in the front row, and they're holding up a <laughs> sign that has been pretty clearly photoshopped to say, Sagan, we sucked your, or I, Sagan, I sucked your dick in high school. <laughs> and it's just Sagan <laughs> looking at them and like trying to like hide his smile. <laughs> yep. So that was great. I mean, that, that was prominent, obviously, on and off the ice, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, speaking of dicks. Oh, jeez. God. Bless America. Mike Yo, come on, man. Like, come on. What an absolute dickhead. That's dick move. Worse. Dick move. Dick move by, by, by Mike Yo for one reason and one reason only. Uh, so if you're unaware, uh, Mike Yo, healthy scratch, Keith Yandel at uh, his 989th game in his Ironman streak, which is the current NHL record. 
He is 11 games away from the NHL's first 1,000 game Ironman streak. Um, the, the, the thing that I don't get is Yandel. Let me be clear. Yandel has not been playing well this season. No. And he's always been an offensive defenseman as well. So, right. Philly, eh, probably not the best. <laughs> he's not a good fit for there, Philly. No, no. And he's not been playing well this year. That's fine. The game that they scratched him was literally the first game after they had been eliminated from the playoffs, which is what confuses me the most. I understand yeah. you want to reward. I understand you want to like reward the young players and like get that, you know, get them some time on the ice. Want to see what they got, you know, see what yeah, they I got starts to develop. But at this point, playing Keith Yandel helps your ultimate end game of, of tanking, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they scratched him for Nick Sealer, who was, you know, fresh off of a, a fight where he's chucking knuckles with uh, Nick Delorier. Oh, yeah. Just and absolute I'm, knuck chuck fest there. Just. Great fight. And I'm sure that that had something to do with it. And we all know that Chuck Fletcher loves Nick Sealer. Who doesn't love Nick Sealer? Eden Prairie. Chuck Fletcher loves all former Wilds. Eden Prairie's finest, you know. But listen, um, I get it. And I don't want this to come across as Nick Sealer slander because it probably will, but I don't mean it this way. If you're going to healthy scratch Keith Yandel and break the Ironman streak, shouldn't you be do like, shouldn't you be bringing up like a prospect or something? Like we know what Nick Sealer is. We know who he is in the NHL. He's a good physical, like bottom pair defenseman or seventh D. Yeah. Then uh really doesn't make sense to scratch him for him, but yeah, Mike Yo, I, I think it's been proven throughout the years he's been a coach. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I've heard he's an okay guy off the ice and all that. That's all good. He's not a very good NHL head coach, and I don't think he's going to get another shot after this. No, I don't think so either. For him, I mean, when you get fired midseason from a team and that team goes on to win the Stanley Cup, that probably tells you you were the issue in that locker room. And Chuck, <laughs> yeah, let's bring him in and turn him. Yeah. In yeah, in, yeah, in he's fairness. In turners, he like, he's the interim, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he will not be the coach next year. And that's no. even a dick move. You're the interim and you're scratching someone who's like 11 away from the first ever 1,000-game Ironman. Yeah, so yeah, it's a bummer. It stinks. Dick move by Mike Yo. Our only hope now rests in Phil Kessel, who is currently <laughs> the – Eating hot dogs the, on a – no, oh, sorry. <laughs> He's slamming hot dogs, just glizzle, guzzling some glizzies, <laughs> as the kids say. Uh, but he's sitting at 968 games played as the time that we're recording this. He is now the current Ironman, and he won't be able to get it this year. But there's a pretty good chance that he actually does get it next year, like next season, yeah. That's, which is crazy to think about. However, the only real potential issue, I guess, uh, that there there could be with that is that now. Will Phil Kessel choose to go somewhere bad? Because I believe that his contract is up with the uh, the Coyotes after the season. So, like, when he's signing his next deal, will he pick a team that's bad so he can guarantee he won't be healthy scratched? He's playing well. He probably well enough, I should say. You know, not 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 poorly enough to get healthy scratched but yeah and i don't just, think he'll give me healthy scratched but you just never know no you don't you don't know okay so moving on the minnesota wild currently have the second most points in the west they're tied with calgary 
uh, for that honor. But the Wild have a game in hand against the Flames. It is absolute insanity to think that the Wild are only a couple games away from their first ever 50 50 win season as a franchise. Right. Um, It's crazy. It's great to think about. The weirdest thing about this, though, and we've, we've talked about how the Pacific is pretty weak, you know, most of the season. And Calgary, they uh, they lost uh, Sean Monahan, which like stinks. He's done for the year, and set him on a rough season this year too. So that does stink. Yeah, it's a bummer. You never want to see a guy like that. You never want to see anybody get hurt, especially out for the no. season. Um, but all of a sudden, Calgary looks vulnerable at the risk yeah. of sounding stupid. Uh, Pacific Division is just kind of just. I don't know what to expect. I mean, you, yeah. you could argue. I know we give shit to World Hockey Report. You could argue the Oilers could make a run. I mean, it, yeah. And you could argue the Kings could make a run. Absolutely. That that was my that was my sleeper team at the beginning of the season. So I'm gonna I go, like the Kings. I I like I, the Kings, man. I liked the Kings, and then they were pretty bad most of the the beginning of the year, and then they seemed to have figured it out the last. Uh, like since the new year and good for them. I, I like what they're about. I like what they're doing. But you know what else I like though? The idea of the wild hosting any of those teams in a Western conference final, if they get there. That's because yeah. I think if they host that seven game series, a your Minnesota wild might be going to a Stanley cup this year. I'm, I'm excited and giddy and rock hard about the thought of it. It is kind of crazy to think that the wild obviously have, uh, two very daunting tasks that need to happen before that. This is not a foregone conclusion. This is absolutely no. not a thing that is like guaranteed in any way, shape. Or we form. are absolutely not guaranteeing this. In fact, I would even say it's unlikely. Yeah. But if the Wild get hot and go on a run in the playoffs, there's a world where they're hosting the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and it's I mean, hey, there's there is a world too where the Avs get stunned in the first round by the Vegas Golden Knights if the Vegas Golden Knights somehow sneak in. And then your Wild would be hosting the Western Conference playoffs throughout. So, yeah, we'd also, there's a, there's a world that we lose in the first round of the Blues or Predators as well. So let's not oh, let's absolutely laid out here. And by no means is this a guaranteed foregone conclusion that the Wild and Avalanche are just, hey, let's just not even play the series. These guys are through. So, yeah, no. No, the, the Avalanche, <laughs> the Wild have actually never played the Predators in the postseason, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but the Predators have always kind of had our number, and the, those games always tend to be interesting. <laughs> we'll see yeah. what happens. We'll see they, what happens. They've had our them. number. I go back to a few years ago with, I believe it was right at the beginning of the Suter and Parisi era, and we had like a lead late in the game on them. It was like a 4-1 game. We were up, and we gave up four goals in the final like three and a half, four minutes. And yeah. We blew that game and I was like, Hey, what is going on here? But they, they, uh, yeah, they always seem to have our number a little bit and it's kind of the opposite though. The blues, it's more even. I feel with us, we usually play them pretty good. And what scares me though, is usually whatever team has been higher seated in our playoff series against the blues have lost. So right. going into that series, you never know what's going to happen. What does look good for the wild is Jordan Bennington. I didn't realize this. Me and Dev have him on our fantasy hockey team. He has been brutal this season. Yeah, he's had a tough, tough go. It's brutal. He has been very, very bad. Jake Ottinger, to put this into perspective, 
let that sink in, whatever that meme is. So Jordan Bennington has been so bad this season that we started Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger didn't play the first, what, month and a half of the season? If really? not more, honestly. If not more than that. It, I, I he might, wasn't getting regular playing time like, until like mid-December. Yeah, so that's two and a half months into the season. He has 75 more fantasy points than Jordan Bennington this season. Yeah, it's been... And a- Jordan Bennington's played the entire season. That just shows you how good Ottinger's been and how absolutely brutal Jordan Bennington has been all season. Give me that in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to start Huso or Huso or whatever. Oh, I'm sure they will. They've I'm been sure starting. they will. Huso's been at the that. starter for a while now. Well, even at that, I mean... Either one of those goalies do not scare me enough to go, wow, I'm really shaking in my boots. But then again, neither did Jake Allen. So, yeah, yeah. You know. I'm not, not going to ever say anything about that and jinx him. Yeah. There's uh, 14 games left in the season. The Wild currently are sitting at 43 wins, so if they just win half of the remaining games, they will clinch their first ever 50-win season. Um for the first time in a long time uh, in a couple of years, it feels like the, the wild are in pretty good shape to get a hundred points in the standings. Obviously it's very unlikely that we will overtake first place in the central and the avalanche, but uh, the wild are looking pretty good to take second and continue that second, second most points in the West. With all that being said, April is obviously the make or break month. We got a whole lot going on with that. So, yep. You're going to talk a lot. Stretch. Yeah, it's going down the fit, going down the, uh, running down the final stretch here, hitting the finish line. And it's only a matter of time before that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch more on what the rest of the month is going to look like next week. Uh, when we're talking with, uh, talking with Andrew Lansman, who is one of our Wolves bloggers. But, uh, before be we head out for the play in there, so wolves are going to be in the play. Hopefully, the it's, six seed, you don't know. We could, yeah, you never Utah, know. Utah is free falling, so that's true. And I, I don't know why, maybe catch them. So, yeah, it's uh, it's there's a lot going on, and you just never know. But by the time that uh, by the time that you hear us on your airwaves next, we will have a better understanding of what all that's going to look like. In the meantime, though. We're going to, before we wrap up the show, we're going to end the show the way we end every show by giving our wild takes. Zooch, why don't you go first this week? Zooch, what's right. your wild take? My wild take is the Minnesota Golden Gophers are going to bring the Twin Cities their first men's college or pro championship since 2003 when they won it last. So <laughs> I believe they will beat Michigan in the final in an all Big Ten final because. In my honest opinion, those are the best two teams in the country. So I, I think it's all going to work out. Like I was talking about last week, that I think the best four teams are here right now, and I think the best two will advance. Is that saying the Big Ten's the best conference? No. You just got a lot of NHL. Well, <laughs> you got a lot of NHL talent on both of these teams. Um, you got Ben Myers, who isn't drafted. So it's like he, he, when you see the starting lineups, you don't see a pro team next to his name, but that's an NHL player. So. Right. Yeah, I, I I really love this Gopher team. I thought last year they were going to do it. I thought they were hot at the right time, but Mankato had their number. Dryden McCabe played a fantastic game, and I feel like the Gophers couldn't get out of their own way in that game. I think this year is going to be a completely opposite story. They're going to show up. They're going to play with all that emotion with Bob Motzko and everything that's going on, and I think they're going to bring him a title, and I think uh, the Gophers will win the national championship this season. I like it. I love it. 
I want some more of it. Hope you're right, because uh, hey, I'd love a sweep of the <laughs> go yeah. for the wild winning both the major titles. That'd be amazing. Is that I ever? Yeah, college and pro team. Uh, I'm sure, probably like Boston has done it, right? I don't know. I, that's you're actually probably onto something there. I'm just I'm I'm just playing the numbers it. game. They've got three pretty good college teams all right there, and I'd argue even big... more. <laughs> I mean, Lowell, Boston U. Yeah. I'm even forgetting. Oh, well, BC, there's one more. I know there's one more, and I'm completely zoning it. Oh, yeah. No, you, I got you. But yeah, yeah. You same them. idea. <laughs> same idea. But, um, yeah, all right. I'm guessing that is the case. Yeah, you're probably right. So my, my wild take is that your Minnesota Timberwolves are going to not only make the playoffs beyond just the play-in tournament, but they're going to actually win a round of the playoffs. I think they're getting hot at the right time. The Timberwolves are pretty deep they've been banged up they're still kind of banged up but they're starting to get a little bit healthy and chris finch has done an incredible job he probably won't win coach of the year but i mean if you but just his name should at, be in the mix for his sure. name should absolutely be in the mix but if if uh he probably won't win because in the nba it usually goes to like whoever gets like the one or the two seed in, yeah that's uh, probably gonna go to it's probably gonna be the Phoenix Suns coach. Phoenix, easily, yeah. Yeah, whoever I don't know what his name is, but yeah. Um, and like that's not to take anything away from them. I don't know enough about how coaching in the NBA to know a ton other than Chris Finch took a Timberwolves <laughs> roster that was like thirty games under five hundred and it took him. I mean, this is the first season time. And a half. <laughs> season, season and a half. Season and a half. Season to get it right. right. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, he he finished out last year, struggled with, you know, everything, learning and implementing the systems in midseason, whatever. But he had a full offseason outside of a bad stretch early on. The Timberwolves have been one of the best teams in the NBA. It's um, yeah. weird to say that out loud, but I think that they have enough of the pieces to make a legit run at uh at least getting out of the first round of the playoffs so yeah that's uh that's my wild take yeah uh, for the first well, time since 2004 the timberwolves yes. are going to get out of the first round of the playoffs to your point with chris finch uh the wolves won 42 games maybe 43 the past two seasons combined this season right. wins and i kind of look at that it's more impressive to me than a suns coach that's leading the suns to a 40 over 40 games of 500, whatever they are, 62 and 16, something like that. Yeah, 60-something wins. It's impressive, but the Suns made the NBA Finals last year, and usually in the NBA, those teams kind of stay competitive for a little bit. Look at Golden State, they, for Christ's sakes, Mm -hmm. wins in a season. I mean, what just absurd numbers they put up to, but I don't know. I like Chris Finch, and I think he deserves at least a look. Same with Dean Evason, while we're on the topic of good coaches. Yeah, no, I mean, can't listen. be in the conversation either. He was—he's been <laughs> turned a wild team around as well. That was looking out in the dumps. And we'll see what happens with uh, Rocco Baldelli this summer with the Twins, and the new guy, Big Cock KOC Kevin O'Connell. We'll yeah, see. What got some coaches there. in the Twin Cities, man. There's very there's potential. There is definitely potential. So yeah, that is going to do it for us here at the Wild Takes Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, the Wild Text Podcast is presented by 10,000 Takes. 
Go give us a follow on social media at Wild Takes 10K. Make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10K guys, especially the has-beens. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate it, tell your enemies. Long live the Capfin. Long live the Piss Missile. Long live the Lizard King. It's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Let's go wild. Stay safe out there, folks. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and then they got